In November of 1963, I was like a second grader at uh, Sisters Elementary School, Sisters, Oregon. And at one point, uh, one of the teachers came in and whispered to our teacher. And then they made the announcement that Kennedy had been shot. And they told us to put our heads on our desk and pray for the president. And over the next uh, several weeks, you know, we dealt with the aftermath of that. But uh, I remember mostly, and I was, what, eight years old, uh, seeing Life magazine and just thumbing through the several issues they had with all the pictures they had of what happened in Kennedy and stuff. And, and that was kind of my introduction to politics and what went on was the Kennedy assassination. Hey, this is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, Monday Morning Coffee. You can find us at tradeshowguy.net, all the great stuff that we got there, the, the couple of books which you can either get a free chapter for or the free digital copy of the, the first book. It's all right there. Uh, tradeshowguy.net you can link to uh, the trade show guy webinars also the blog of course tradeshowguyblog.com and the uh, company site tradeshowguyexhibits.com so uh you know the trade show world is is making its way back in fits and starts very slowly but you may notice here in uh, the united states uh, here in uh, october we have an election coming up uh, the heartbreaking news, as I mentioned, of JFK in 1963 was my first real inkling of the uh, political world. Fast forward about a decade, and I was volunteering as a high school student in 1972 to work for George McGovern's campaign. I really didn't do much, frankly. I didn't know much about the workings of politics. But uh, Dennis Weaver came to town, and he was at that time a star of the TV show McLeod. And I was on the school newspaper squad and, and the photographer and a, and a writer and and uh, we were we were tasked to go cover his visit. So I got a bunch of pictures of him, and I tried to actually find them, and I, I can't. So that was a long time ago. Um, so we were sent up to cover his campaign in little old Bend, Oregon. He flew into the local airport in a very small airplane. Uh, we met up at the airport, followed him to downtown, saw the whole thing, and then he left, and that was that. Uh, and a couple of years later, I think uh, in 72, 73, 74, I heard about this new political party, the Libertarians, and the only thing that stuck out to me about them was that they favored the legalization of marijuana and you know at that point uh that was enough for me to say i'm with you guys i had no idea what else they did uh it wasn't until the george w bush administration when several libertarians that i followed were very gung-ho about the war i know all of them weren't but these certainly were and i realized you know this isn't in line with what i thought libertarianism was i said no to the party i know a lot of time passed there but uh, and i learned a lot about the party certainly um now, I, I will admit, as a political philosophy, the libertarians are probably the most consistent out there. But the you know whole individualistic, lift yourself up from, from your bootstraps approach, uh, approach to governing seemed to become more and more unrealistic to me. You'd never be able to do that in real life, I, I thought. Sure, I mean, if you had an island nation where everyone there agreed on the same philosophy, that might work. So what about other philosophies? Well, I have a couple of friends who I would... I was describing this to another friend. He says, yeah, well, he's an anarchist. You know that, right? A couple of them. Uh, they are fairly anarchistic in their thinking. They believe that all politicians are corrupt just by being politicians. They've become corrupt. And, uh, you know, they're at the public trough. They double dip. They take advantage of the system because they're inside it. That's their thinking. Of course, certainly some people are like that, just like there's a couple of bad cops. But I believe that most people are good, and, and I, I personally know people that who have uh, served and are very public service-minded that are, quote-unquote, politicians. Uh, but, you know, some of these anarchist people would love to tear it down and start all over again. My argument is, even if we were able to do that, we'd still end up with something similar to what we have now, 
which is an imperfect political system that's still better than most other forms of government in the world. Like, I think it was uh, someone asked Ben Franklin after the Constitutional Convention, well, what kind of government did we get? And he says, we have a republic if we can keep it. Uh, so after I left the Libertarians, I became uh, registered independent for a long time, and I'm sure my outlook shifted uh, a lot over the last 20 years by what I saw and what I read. Uh, the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer, the, the middle class slowly vanishing and getting squeezed, uh, taxes are higher, corporations playing, uh, paying a lot less taxes now than they did in the, the, the 60s, 70s, and so on. Um, I, I, frankly, I think if we want to support a government, I want it to be a compassionate government. And this is really kind of shorthand. I, I don't think we need to get into the weeds, but I'm okay with helping people, my tax dollars, uh, that don't have education or family connection or social connections to do anything other than work low-income jobs. And I'm okay with my taxes going to there. I'd much rather taxes go to help those people uh, who really need it rather than, you know, big corporate tax cuts or the rich people who, frankly, in my view, don't need any more help. <laughs> they've, they've got enough. they got lobbyists. they got the tax laws written in their favor, on and on and on. This kind of comes around to uh, what I'm trying to say is we each have a choice to make. We we can choose to participate in the democratic process or not. And so how do we choose to do that? Well, mainly by voting. But how many people actually vote? Well, let's start with uh, this. Every presidential election cycle, another 8 to 13 million people become eligible voters. Uh, the last time around in 2016, there were just over, like just a smidge over, 250 million eligible voters 138,847,000 people actually voted, which is barely over half, 55.5%. I think the highest ever was in the 60s when we had in the 60% of eligible voters. Uh, as an aside, I understand that in Australia, it's required to vote. You can get fined if you don't. And they have turnouts of, uh, you know, 95% or more. Should we do that in America? I don't know. Something for another discussion. And we know that a few thousand votes here and there in the presidential election can swing the election because of the uh, Electoral College. Now, we can certainly argue the validity of the Electoral College and how it fits into the 21st century, but again, not at this time. I, I think the critical thing is that your vote does count, and it's really the one way where even the most uninvolved person can have a voice. It is your vote. More than your vote, though, just moving a little bit beyond that. Uh, I think is finding a way to become involved if you believe that is important to you. Uh, that doesn't mean protesting, although to me that's a time-honored way of getting people's voices heard. Protesting is good, as long as it's done uh, right. Uh, by the way, as another aside, a looter is not a protester. A vandal is not a protester. If they do that, they are not protesting. They are looting and they are vandalizing. Okay, I've said that before. Protesting really is as American as apple pie and baseball. Might mean getting involved with a local group that is fighting for what you believe in, uh, giving money to causes you believe in, because money is really what moves the political world. That's uh, important. And a couple of final comments. It only takes a few seconds to run across the really crazy extreme stuff online. We all tend to live in our own world. It's very tribal. And in this day and age, it's extremely difficult to change anyone's mind. So again, make your voice heard no matter what it is, no matter what your political stripe I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other, but just I'm hoping that you will make your voice heard. Vote. Voting is underway now. When I'm recording this and then when it goes on the air or on the online, uh, a lot of states are voting. We'll get our ballots here in Oregon shortly. We vote by mail. We've done this efficiently. 
uh, since 1998, I think, and I think it's the best way to do it. You get to sit down at the table and, and figure out who you're going to vote for and uh, read all about it instead of going in and waiting in line, all that. Voting is underway, and they do count the votes, and they'll start announcing the results on November 3rd. It'll be a fascinating uh, time because uh, <laughs> everything's different this year. So vote, vote, vote. And have a great week. Let's do this again next week here. Uh, Tim Patterson on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Find me at tradeshowguy.net. 